Welcome to Whelmed, a podcast for Xennials. Hi. Hello. Um, uh, you know what really sucks about following hot guys on Instagram? <laughs> Is uh, um, when they show up with babies. Um, and women. Well, <laughs> it's like sure. this did not. You just, you just. This was not part of the fantasy. Um, this was not what I had in mind. No, mm-mm, mm-mm, you weren't supposed to be all cutesy. You were supposed to be sexy. <sighs> Happy twenty twenty one, my love. Twenty twenty one. You feel different. It's- you a whole new person. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> here we go. We, I mean, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not over, right? Like, right. it's not a magical cure. Like, yeah. everything wasn't different that day, right? Like, everything didn't change overnight. <laughs> uh, but it does feel hopeful, right? Like, it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I suppose that depends on the tunnel you're in, but. Um... Well, I'm, I'm saying sort of the collective tunnel, right? The tunnel of 2020. Um, uh, did you have a good holiday? I did, you know, nice and quiet. Um, but, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to um, be, with, be with my family here in our pod. Um, so mm-hmm. we were, we were, you know, we're, we're all being super careful. Um, so I was very grateful for that. I know it was harder on some people who were not able to see anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's really different if, the, if that's the situation you're in. So I get that. Yeah. Um, mine, mine was, uh, was low key as well. My pod did lasagna. Lasagna, lasagna. I feel that sounds more exciting, exotic. We had lasagna. What's that? Oh, it's, you know, pasta. Um, Yeah, it just, it's a little, all right. You know, you do you, honey. Um, If you need to to excite up lasagna, you just go right ahead. Right? Uh, I'm bored. I'm, I'm I am so bored that I'm reading books. I read, I kid you not, I haven't done this since, the only time that I have ever read a book in one sitting was The Crucible in high school. It's a, and that's a pretty short. I mean, it's a play. It's 120 pages. But like, yeah. that's still a big deal for me. I sat down and read 110 pages of a book last night, like in one sitting. Like, whole new world. <laughs> I am that bored. <laughs> do, you, do you feel good about it, though? Like, do you feel like I, maybe it's, it's opening your horizons? Well, it, it did the book particularly resonated. It's um it is called it is not a new book. It is called The Velvet Rage. Uh, oh. it's actually written by a psychologist who discussed the um uh gay male experience in a quote straight man's world. Mm-hmm. It basically just said that we were fucked at birth and we were automatically going to be fucked up and need therapy. So, you know, hey, yay. Um, Do you know anybody who doesn't need therapy? No, not at all. Yeah, me neither. Everybody needs therapy. 
Um, but it, it, it's interesting how it, it, it um, goes into why, like, gay men, as it were, peacock, you know, show off and the bit brunch and like sort of the different stages in sort of the evolution in a gay man's life. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm relating to it a lot. Um, but uh, I had no other choice. I finished Shonda Rhimes' Bridgerton. Oh, how is that? Less scandalous than I thought it was going to be. I that has that seems to be the reaction that I'm seeing in a lot of places. I think people were expecting it to be much more like the trailer plus the way you're marketing it. It's like mm-hmm. this is going to be like scandal, but in Victorian times, right? It's like super sexy pride and prejudice, but it's not. It's very Emma, like mm-hmm. Emma, like yeah. Um, like even the things that are scandalous aren't that scandalous. Like it's it's obviously like more scandalous for that time, but like in the teaser trailer, they also um, sort of insinuated that it was going a going to be a lot more like over the top and scandalous. But b like there was going to be a bigger um, gay story arc. Um, so like it left me a little bit like huh. I kept like waiting for something to get crazier. Mm. That said, it's cute. Yeah, but still like you want more than that. What was interesting though, um, and I don't know, I mean, I, I think you know how this works, but like a lot of the big TV showrunners today like Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy, like they're not actually coming up with a lot of their new stuff. They're just kind of overseeing it. Sure. Um, but what, what I found actually really interesting that made me like Shonda Rhimes more was she didn't give herself a created by credit on this show. Oh. She executive produced it. It's from Shondaland. Like they're like very much yeah. saying we oversaw this. We're putting our name on this. But unlike Ryan Murphy, who also wants to be thought of as the creator, even though he wasn't, um, he, she did not put her name on as creator. Well, good for her. That's the right thing to do. If that's, um, yeah, what it's called. <laughs> so, 2020 is over-ish. <laughs> Can we, like, what, like, if there, is there a word you could use to describe 2020? Because I'm like, I'm really sick of saying like, it was a difficult year. Mm. It was unprecedented. Oh yeah, I think everybody's tired of that word. It's strange times, like, like, and dumpster fire, though appropriate, also doesn't seem to encapsulate it. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's hard to do because it's really different for every everybody's experience of 2020 was really different right so depending on what your job situation was depending on what your home situation was depending on there like there were a lot of factors and I and I think that's why people are using those kinds of words right is because we we don't we don't even really understand this and we don't understand the impact of it yet and we don't really have any idea how it's affected us ah. 
like there's going to be long-term repercussions of this for us and for the kids, for sure. Like, Financial, you know, emotional. yeah, like this isn't going away. And I think, I think there are some potential, uh, you know, some, some silver linings that we can find if people are, if people choose to pay attention to those. I think there are some things we could change about, how we've been operating before the pandemic and, you know, people spending more time at home and spending more time with family and reading books and baking bread and getting into crafts and being more creative and um, making do with less. Yeah. And, and, and taking more time for rest and for self-care and for mental health. And I think if we can remember those lessons of the pandemic then something good can come out of it. But I do think that there's sort of a, I mean, it's its really similar to 9-11, right? Like there's a collective trauma that has been had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To that, to that point, I think that there was a way for us to feel like, I, I think that a lot of people have compared those two in a lot of ways in, in so much that like, that's, I guess the closest collective trauma next to this. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that one we all sort of came together whereas this one we're all like very much on islands right well and i think it, it, i think quite a collective experience because of the political climate i mean i understand that um i i mean that's yeah that's that's part of the difficulty right like it's it's been a year that's been really full of just feeling alienated. Mm -hmm. So to help deal with that alienation, what is something or some things that have helped get you through this year? Um, I mean, you know, I, I have been very grateful for being able to pay attention to little luxuries, right? Mm -hmm. Like really soft pants have made a big <laughs> impact on my life this year. Soft pants. <laughs> pants. I love, I love, is that a new category? Like they're not sweatpants, they're not joggers. It's just whatever's soft. Like it's an umbrella. Just soft. I just need to wear soft things. Yeah, just being able to wear soft things in cups of tea and Epsom salt baths with candles and right. Like there's been lots of, um, you know, I, I, I bought expensive body butter, like, oh. you know, yeah, there's, there's been a like, cause it, that those little things of self-care really do feel like I'm taking care of myself. Right. Is body butter, just like mo fancy moisturizer. Yes. Okay. But uh, it's really saving my winter skin. I love it. Oh, so. Ugh, my eczema. Like I have these spots like right around my nose. Well, maybe we should get some body butter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I think I have been really grateful for um, that sense of making it work, right? That like, okay, like, you know, it's, it's chilly, right? Like it's not super nice outside, but like my friend still came over last night and we had happy hour and we just like 
literally got blankets and like the little heater and like plugged it in on the porch. And I like sat under the electric blanket and drank beers on my porch, even though it was cold, right? Like, um, so a friend of mine that I've actually gotten closer with throughout this pandemic has a five-year-old son and um, he's he's hilarious and is probably going to grow up to save the world with some kind of invention because he's already making laptops out of post-it notes. Um, wow. Yeah, something like that. But um, he's now discovered that he can like make movies with mom's iPhone mm-hmm. and um, it, it thundered. It rarely ever, we had this conversation the other day, it never thunders in, in LA. And we had a big thunderstorm the other night. And and my friend's son decided to videotape it, one of his first home movies. And during it, he's like narrating it and he's like, can you see outside? Can you, did you, oh my gosh, did you see that? Oh my gosh, no, wait, I think this feels like an oh my God moment. <laughs> Mommy, is this an oh my god moment? Asher, you're not supposed to say it. But mommy, is this an oh my god? <laughs> That's really funny. Ah, look, it's say the darnest thing. Right? Yeah. I would say it's things like that that have gotten me through. The little, the little oddities that we're all like experiencing. Mm-hmm. Like as a as a as a result. Um, but also, you know, getting closer with people you didn't expect to form friendships with and starting a podcast really got me through. Thank right? You. That's been super fun. <laughs> and you it's, know, it's I, fun that people are listening. I know. And I love each and every single one of you. Um, by the way, your your check is coming in the mail. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. No, it is not. We are not getting paid a dime for any of this. No, that is not happening. <laughs> there are no checks. <laughs> um, no, for me, I, I, and you know, this is probably something I should talk to my therapist about, but I really need stuff to look forward to. Um, yeah. And, you know, so our podcast has really become one of those weekly touch points for me. Um, because it's uh, it's it's really hard to, I, I'm such a planner and it's really hard to plan these days. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to have some other stuff going on. So uh, I've, I've been able to like scratch that planner itch with other things. Um, but yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, that's super important to me too. Right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely planning. I think my mom and I have a discussion every other time we hang out about like, what are the, what are the things you're going to do? What are you going to do first (laughs) when it's all over, when you get vaccinated, what are you going to do first? And right. Dentist. I'm going to the dentist because I love the dentist and I haven't been able to go tomorrow actually. Oh, are you? I know. I feel weird about it, but also like... I thought LA was all shut down. But it's not like, I don't know. It was actually like, I went, I went to the dentist back in June and it was a very weird experience because it's like, well, we're not going to like do... You know when you vanity clean your house? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a cleaning light like they didn't really get in there 
And like, and as opposed to the hygienist, like being right over on top of me, he was sort of like, everything was a little bit at an arm's distance. Interesting. So he's like, yeah, like, it's not going to be like the deepest clean we've ever given you. Hmm. Well, a real dentist appointment then and a, mm-hmm. a proper dentist appointment and a mani-pedi Ooh. and the beach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Live mm-hmm. music. Do you not get like, maybe this is probably just a me thing. Do you not like get like, I don't know, the beach is dirty. <laughs> I, I like the beach in theory, but like it's a thing and then you have to bring all the stuff and then there's sand and. No, it's the happiest I ever am in life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's the happiest I ever am when I am at a beach, any kind of beach. There's a beach trump a pool for you oh yeah a thousand times okay. yeah i love i love pools i love and i love water and that's great but i adore the ocean okay yeah um if there was anything from this past year like anything that comes to mind um what is like the most ridiculous thing that you think happened this past year like i mean jesus christ where to even begin um for me it's the gender reveal party that started a huge fucking fire. That one was pretty ridiculous. What about the girl who was licking public toilet seats in Florida to prove that coronavirus didn't exist? Wait, what? Oh, you didn't see her? She was all over the news. <laughs> oh my God, I can't. Wait, what? Yeah, she was licking public toilet seats, licking them Ew. to prove that coronavirus didn't exist. And I was like, okay, but like, even if you don't believe in coronavirus, you still believe in, I don't know, shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, shit is still real. Oh, my God. I, so is, you know, herpes. What is wrong with people? I mean, there is a special level of stupid that we <laughs> did not previously understand was possible. And America was like, no, no, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's stories like these that just make me think that we are completely hopeless. Like... It like, feels that way sometimes. It feels that way sometimes. Aliens yeah, come really down does. and take us over. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, well, I understand how people get to that thing where they're like, no, no, you go have your half of the country and let us have our half (laughs) we'll have the schools and you can have the guns and good luck to (laughs) you right (laughs) yeah like i just man i oh it's it's real tough um so it's 2021 now and people are still looking toilet seats (laughs) (laughs) As as we've established, you know, New Year's Eve is five, four, three, two, one. Now what? That's how I like to call New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, it, like, it feels it feels like the pressure. It's like it's it's pressury of like, oh, it's a new year. You have to. First of all, I never have anyone to kiss. Is that like a thing that you feel bad about? For like the five minutes to three days afterwards. <laughs> I, I, okay. 
I, it's it, that's not something that ever resonated with me, even when I didn't have someone to kiss. Like I never particularly. Um, I, I've just never thought of like the New Year's Eve kiss as like a thing. Like I honestly can't. I'm not even sure that like I kissed my husband at midnight last year. Like I don't remember. Like I don't know. I was like I was drinking. We were having fun. Like <laughs> there was a party at my house with people. It was amazing. Last year, before the right. coronavirus. Yeah, well, it was what, what, what did you do or are doing this year? Um, we are, again, with the family pod. Um, we've sent out a Zoom link to oh. all of the people so that everybody can come join our little party. Um, but we are, we're just staying. was left off the list. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a look. <laughs> oh, that's a Robin look. <laughs> yeah, that's what you made me do. <laughs> uh this this weird time hop thing that we're trying to do right now means that i haven't actually sent those invitations out yet jackass <laughs> <laughs> oh god rush <laughs> oh, oh do you feel the pressure too to like become a new person on january 1st no Good. I, I mean, great. That yep. shit a long time ago. I, yeah. I have since the millennium, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, it's been like, let's make some mac and cheese and sit at home. And if something better happens, great. Yeah. I mean, we decided a long time ago that New Year's Eve that you cannot make a big deal out of New Year's Eve because when you're really young you're like it's going to be you know like you're setting it up to be like the greatest most fun night ever and then it's always a fucking disaster and the harder you try the less fun it is here's one thing though that people cannot say for a real long time is that like oh my god this year was the worst I can't wait till next year go fuck yourself <laughs> That's true. We don't have to listen to that for quite some time because like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, like no, it wasn't. We just took the cake. We're all having fine years for at least the next five. Yeah, where everything's going to just be fine and we're all going to be fine with that. Fine <laughs> is great. Yeah. We're just trying to avoid the dumpster fire from here on out. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, it, it like I was saying before, it feels so five, four, three, two, one, now what? Like, I'm not a different person. My sins haven't, like, been forgiven i'm still going to see my therapist next week <laughs> well sure i mean i get that like i still i still enjoy in the same way that i like getting a new planner mm -hmm. right like it's the same vibe to me right that like sure. yes in whatever way it's like spring cleaning my house right like it's yes, just this better. yes it's this thing of like, I have, I'm going to take a moment to take stock of what is and to pay attention to the things in my life that have been working for me and the things in my life that I would like to make some intentions about changing. And I'm not, I don't do, I mean, I haven't done resolutions for years because I think they're stupid. And I think the, I, you know, like, I don't want it to feel like, oh, here's all these things that are wrong with me and I need to fix them. And that's not what I mean. Um, <clears throat> so for 2021, like if you're not doing resolutions, are you setting intentions? 
Um, you know, I, I haven't quite decided yet. So for a really long time, um, I probably a decade now, my family and sort of, uh, you know, friend group that goes with them has, um, they do naming your year. Oh, what is that? So the idea is that you, you give your year a word that is like sort of your intention for the year. It's your, it's like your focus for the year. Oh, um, yeah. So like, what do you, um, like ones that people have named things in the past are like practice, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. which was about like really dedicating themselves to stuff that they were, that they'd been working on, wanting to make that sort of like a regular practice, mm-hmm. um, and reminding themselves that it was just practice. So they did, they didn't have to get it perfect. Um, uh, flourish. Oh, is that this one for you? Is that, is that? Um, no, actually that's what I named last year. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so uh, this past year, I mean, I, um, I, so I'm, I'm in the process of like trying to figure out what my word is. I, I have an idea. Um, I, I'm interested in it, but I can't quite find the right word exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're limited to one word, you like really want to get it right. Um, so I want something in the wheelhouse of like, uh, bringing things to fruition. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I keep thinking of this word from West Wing, which has nothing to do with what you just said, but it's fun to say. Propagate. Oh, it's a great <laughs> word. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny that you said that because I've been thinking about like, if for like something overarching for 2021, like mm-hmm. I want balance. I would like to find some balance in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's interesting to kind of dig into like, when, when you get really specific about it, like, what does that mean? And what does that, I've been thinking a lot lately about the rules that we follow, the unspoken rules that we follow without Mm -hmm. even realizing it. So um, there was a thing floating around on Facebook that's similar to some other stories that I've, did did you see the one about the dishwasher? No. Okay. I feel like this is setting up a joke. Uh, No, it's not a joke. It's like a little uh, allegory, anecdote. I don't know, something like that. Um, So the, this girl goes to the therapist and she's had a really, really tough week. And, but of course she gets to the therapist and she can't figure out what to talk about. Um, And she's just really struggling. And the therapist says, okay, so what are you, what are you going to be facing when you go home? Like, what's the thing that's going to be like in your face that's going to feel really hard when you get home? Mm-hmm. And she said, this is really dumb, but I just am panicked about the dishes. I can't, I, it, it's making me, I, I just cannot cope with the fact that I have to wash the dishes before I put them in the dishwasher. And oh. so they just sit in my sink and it's overwhelming and I just can't deal with it. And the therapist said, so run the dishwasher twice. <laughs> and the woman said, well, you can't do that. And the therapist like says, who, why not? Right. That like, well, of course, that's what we all think. Right. Like you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to. Right. So like I, I, there's a lot of rules that we follow that you there's a lot of shoulds and supposed tos that I think we don't even notice. We we don't we we just do them because we're supposed to. And and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, And I'm really interested in trying to find those in myself and trying to break them down and and pay attention to 
where I feel controlled by shoulds? Um, there is a, it's called Kaizen and it's a job, it's called, it's the Japanese art of self-improvement. Um, and it's mostly applied to like, the word though is mostly meant for like organizational improvement. So more like for companies and whatnot, mm -hmm. but there's some, um, I I've done some of these activities with companies I've worked for, and there's some interesting activities that could apply to one's life. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's like, I think it's five or seven whys. So you ask yourself, like you say, oh, we do blah, blah, blah as a company. Why? Mm -hmm. And then like, and then like you do it like, and then it's like, if you can't get to really the root reason of why you do it after like five or seven times asking why, then you, you may not need to do it. Yeah. Well, and I just, I love, I, I'm, I'm really in love with the idea right now of like, really letting go of all of those limitations, right? Like I, yeah, like I am just going to be unapologetically myself mm -hmm. and I don't have to answer for that and I don't have to explain it and I don't have to be what other people want me to be or expect me to be. And I can just be completely unapologetic about that. And I'm, I'm excited by the possibilities of what, do, what, what does that open in me, right? What do I find out about myself when I allow myself that freedom? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No more fucking rules. Oh, well, don't kill anyone. <laughs> that's not a rule though. Like, that's not, no, no, that's morality and that's completely different. I didn't say no more morality. I said no more fucking rules. <laughs> well, that's exciting. We'll obviously have to check in on this as, as we go throughout 2021. Yeah. Is there though... Do you feel like we've, like in our lifetime, we've anticipated the coming of a new year since the millennium? You mean as much as this year? Yeah. Oh, no, definitely not. Like this, this is definitely the most anticipated crossover since, since good old Y2K. <laughs> okay. So like Xennial perspective here, right? Um, what were you doing? What was happening for you in 1999? Uh, so that was my senior year of high school. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, you know, everybody was really freaking out about what Y2K was going to mean and what it was going to. So my memory is, uh, and um, who knows if it's accurate or not, because my memory sucks. <laughs> uh, but my memory is the story I tell myself. Yeah, the memory that I have <laughs> is that uh, we rang in uh, the year 2000 sitting in Jenny's car. Oh. Uh, the four of us girls sitting in Jenny's car drinking vodka. Like we were sitting outside of a nightclub. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, which was called Amnesia. It was, it was, <laughs> the, gay, it was the gay dance club here. Oh God, that's so 90s. <laughs> right? It's so 90s. Amnesia, the gay dance club. Uh, and so that's where they would let you in if you were 18. Um, but may maybe somebody couldn't get in or maybe it was too full or I, I, there was like some sort of reason we couldn't get in. And so then we were just like sitting in the car listening to the radio 
Was this the gay and, dance club that's behind like the, the power lines? That uh, no, it was not. There, there actually, there were two here for a what? moment in the 90s. I know, it's crazy. I think that's crazy. You mean, that you mean the one that you got gay- shut down that has never opened up again? I just think it's funny that Memphis had more gay bars in the 90s and early 2000s than it does now. Right? It's, uh, yeah. Although not anymore because we have some new ones now. Mm, so good. go um, Memphis. For me, yeah, 1999 was when I graduated high school and I started. So you were already in college. Yeah, so I started college. It, yeah, like that New Year's. Um, and, uh, that New Year's was spent, I was at a black tie party up in the mountains in upstate New York with like my summer crew, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the party in and of itself was kind of, I don't know, I think it was one of those we built it up and then like, you know, cause we were getting all dressed up and it was like fancy la 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 and right and it's the millennium and like it's gonna be like yeah it's the dawning of a new age like you just make such a big fucking deal out of it and then you're like oh actually this is just a party with all the same fucking people i see all the time (laughs) uh yeah i mean like sure but yeah (laughs) right like it was just sort of like okay like you know i think because we like hyped it up that particular new year's felt like Okay, let, let me let me let me like backtrack for a second. Like, did you have do you did you have certain expectations as a zennial like that were either let's talk specific to you though. Like what were your expectations for the new millennium? I don't know. I mean, I think that New Year's in particular was kind of anticlimactic because everybody had been talking for such a long time about how they didn't know what was gonna happen when mm-hmm. like the whole Y2K thing, right? And so like you expected there to be like nobody really thought that like the planes were going to fall out of the sky and like the whole grid was going to right that like yeah that like civilization was going to shut down nobody really thought that but you did think that there were going to be like that there was going to be something that something was going to happen and then just nothing nothing happened at all it was just nothing it was just exactly the same as it was the moment before and so then you were like oh huh well, that was anticlimactic. But like looking, sure. But like looking back, like I don't know if I would have articulated it this way, but like I think the way we grew up and viewed the world, I think we looked like it was for me the beginning of my expectations being dashed about what adulthood was. Mm. Um, and, and specifically, um, like that, while I think you and I may agree, and sorry if I'm putting words in your mouth, but agree that like, we were very in favor of globalism, that did not turn out the way we thought it was going to. Right. Well, there was, I mean, the nineties had a very, like, I, there was this weird sort of like we are the world like kumbaya mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> like I, I, yeah like humanism sort of vibe right well, like and, and there was lots heroin, of like heroin so you could only go up from there <laughs> well but I mean like you know it was it, like it was Lilith Fair and yeah. you know like Wicca and you know like there was this very like 
um, universalist kind of like people were all, and so the community yeah, like, and then the next decade was like, ugh. We got real individualistic. Yeah. Um, and people, people just kept getting angrier. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like goes back to 9-11, something else, or maybe the culmination of everything? I mean, I think it has, I think it has a lot to do with 9-11. Yeah. I do. And I think, I think we didn't really pay attention to that at the time. Like, I think, I think people's foundations were so shaken. People were so scared for the first time in their lives that like everything they thought they understood, like the rug got ripped out from under them. And so there was this backlash of, and, and also like that sort of false sense of security that the nineties had where like racism's over and everybody's equal. And, and that wasn't true. Like that was total bullshit, but we didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I, I think it took a really long, like all of that stuff, like there was so much us versus them and that rhetoric just kept getting punched over and over and over again. Like every, there's, there's someone to blame for you being afraid, right? Like it, it all comes down to that, that those fear politics that like took over after that. So yeah, it basically kicked off what I think some people are referring to as the age of anxiety. Yeah. We're we're constantly operating in a state of fear and fight or flight. Right, because there's constant, like never ending information, right? It's 24 hour Mm -hmm. news stations and scrolling and like never ending information and never ending digital right like that that all of that all of the waves that like I I know it sounds sort of crazy to say it this way but like all of that input is bad for your fucking brain right like you're throwing off your fucking brain waves and so we can't sleep and we're freaked out and there's this constant barrage of of fear and anger and then you add on top of that like what you're supposed to be and every, you know, somebody's got it all figured out and they're on Instagram trying to prove it to you. And, you know, and so it just ends up with this sense that everything is wrong and, and complicated and difficult and hard and, and, and everybody's against you. Right. So we're also sort of entering, not only is it 2021, but like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm alone on this. We never even sort of acknowledged we had just finished a decade <laughs> last year. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. And I was like, oh, like at this yeah. time, 10 years ago, I was looking back on like what happened in the first 10 years of the millennium. Um, but right. that all said, what are you looking forward to or hope for, for the 20s? I, I'm very hopeful for, listen, I, I, I don't think it's going to be easy. No, I don't think the next decade is going to be easy. I don't, I do not. Um, but I am hopeful for the outcome of it. Um, I think that there are, I think that one of the things that the internet and, and digital age does provide 
is a microphone for people who would not have had one before. And so I think there are people who, who, who are able to speak and, and there are people who are finally able to listen to them, right? So we're talking about Black Lives Matter and LGBT issues, and we're talking about Native people's rights and like that there, that there are major shifts happening in all of that, that people are able to have a platform. And I think the young people that I am around are, it's, it's so fundamentally different to yeah. them, like the world that they've grown up in and, and what they've been exposed to. And, and so they, they just, it's, it's really different and I'm really hopeful for them. Like, I think, you know, there are some people who are making noise about climate change and policing tactics and immigration and, you know, that, that all of that stuff is going to be a really hard battle. But I do think, I think, I think what's coming up behind us is more diverse and more outspoken and more interested in equality and and fighting for what's right um and so i'm hopeful that we're i think we're gonna get there i just heard it here first ladies and gentlemen unwound (laughs) megan thinks everything's coming up roses in 2030 (laughs) uh maybe not quite but i do think you know we're we're at least at least we got a fighting chance now um, uh, Megan, what are we whelmed about this week? Well, I can tell you what I'm fucking underwhelmed about. Yeah. Whew. And that is Girl. that trash fucking Wonder Woman movie. You know what I think trash. is really funny is like, not only is it being trash talked on all of my socials, but um, like on top of it, it's sort of like the surge on the surge. In COVID, it's sort of like the trash on the trash. Now people are fighting about like, why is everyone being so mean to Wonder Woman? And it's like, because it was a terrible fucking movie and people are pissed off about that because it didn't have to be a terrible fucking movie. Look, I think think one thing that Marvel has proven that DC has not been able to prove is that you can make a good action movie. You can make a like, like, you know, I we, we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about, like, the good, bad movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that necessarily applies to an action film. Like, that might be, like, a Christmas rom-com type of thing. But, you know, I think, I think Marvel has done such a good job with the Marvel Universe that DC needs to figure its shit out. Like... DC just, needs to stop letting Zack Snyder run everything. Yes. Yeah. But I think also, in in addition to like, there just being massive holes in the script and like, uh, spoiler alert, like how Wonder Woman had these wings neatly folded up in her apartment and how all of a sudden they're with her on, an, on a secret military base. Um things like that, or like- Well, the physics of that movie made me fucking bananas. Like, it didn't even, yes, like the lasso has no rules, her ability to fly has no rules, 
the invisibility for the jet has no rules even the way that she like like her ability to jump around and shit yeah even like her fucking hair like <laughs> her she's hair under a, she's rules. under the truck she's like under the truck and her hair isn't moving <laughs> like what <laughs> and also how how are you going you are trying to set up wonder woman she is like the greatest female superhero of all time, right? We can just uh, objectively, right? Like, I'm not saying she has whatever. Maybe there are ones that are better, like have better powers and stuff, but she's certainly like the most iconic. Yeah. The most famous female superhero of all time. Yeah. And you guys have her she's busting up top. some petty thieves in a fucking mall? Right? Yes. But and her know- boyfriend keeps coming to save her ass. Right? It's so anti-feminist, first of all. It's the most fucking anti-feminist movie. I was angry the whole goddamn time. I was so angry. But, like, also I had questions like, is she now, like, in public? Like, as Wonder Woman? Like, is she, do people know who she is? Right, and did she try to do anything about World War II? Or did she just (laughs) sit that one out? Right? There were some loose ends from the last one. Also, where is all of this wind coming from? (laughs) <laughs> because there just kept being, there just there was just wind. I, I was like, where, what, what's making the wind? I mean, I, I think Beyonce took apparently Wonder Woman's fan, and so it's just now the Beyonce fan. Yeah, so they turned the fan on in every scene except for the one where she was under the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved at like that climax point when she like lassos the dude to I guess telepathically talk to him. Or some bullshit. Or like threw him to the rest of the world. Like there wasn't one asshole who was going to be like, no, I'm not giving you my fucking wish, bitch. I don't care. Right? But like, um, I just thought it was funny. Like, it's so loud in there and winds blowing. But the volume just turned down because I lassoed you. (laughs) And also... You know that, like, he's like telling everybody, "Wish what you want." Wish you, uh-huh. you know that all it took, all it would take, is just one person who was like, "I wish you'd shut the fuck up, asshole," and then he would be dead. He'd be done. <laughs> He'd have no more powers left. That's all it would take. It's just one sarcastic dude in a basement somewhere. That's it. But also, like, he never showed he cared enough about his son to actually give up his wish. No, he did not. And he also here's here's. Here's the thing that made me, at the end of the day, this is this is the problem, right? The plot of Wonder Woman number one was this. Backstory on Wonder Woman and how she came to understand that her power truly lied within. Then she fights a man who is so desperate for power, he wants to take over the world and he'll, he'll, he'll destroy the whole world to get the power that he wants. Luckily, she has this super handsome boyfriend who can show up at the last moment and teach her something valuable about herself so that she can give him up and watch him die in order to vanquish the bad guy. That's the same goddamn plot. It's the same plot. It's the same plot for both movies. <laughs> what the hell, Chad? What the hell? And all they did was like, you know what? Let's do the same fucking movie, but throw in Kristen Wiig with a cheetah. Kristen Wiig is a cheetah. Let's do that. 
Um, I, I think it should have been. Why did she become a cheetah also? Like the whole time, like there's nothing about cheetahs. It doesn't have anything to do with cheetahs. She said she wanted to be the apex predator. Okay, well, cheetahs are not the apex predator. They get eaten by lions all the goddamn time. (laughs) I watch a lot of nature shows. Cheetah can get eaten by a jackal, by a hyena, by a leopard. They get trampled by elephants. Cheetahs, in fact, are not an apex predator. You know what the apex predator is? People. It's people. It's just a person with a gun. <laughs> she, Wonder Woman isn't bulletproof. Just make her Kristen Wiig, but with a gun. <laughs> wow. The movie was fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, my favorite part of the movie, though, was the Chris Pine fashion show. I mean, Chris Pine is the, my favorite part of every movie. He's also the only person in that movie who could act. Yes. You know, look, uh, Gail Godot is gorgeous. I, I do enjoy Kristen Wiig. I don't, uh, I know you don't always like her. I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan of hers. And that's fair. I get it. You know, it's a subjective whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, like sometimes you can get away with people like being cool on screen and not acting like Sylvester Stallone. Um, mm. But like, and, and I think they got her to get away with this in the first movie, but Gail Godot can't act. No, she really can't. It's real, real bad. It's Even real, real bad. It just took really bad cuts. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't it's, know. And it's not possible. Listen, like, I know she's gorgeous, but also, like, lots of people are gorgeous. There are lots of people who are gorgeous and also can act. My question is, is like, so this was directed by Patty Jenkins, who directed Monster, the Shirley Theron movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did the first Wonder Woman, too. Uh, but, like, like Patty, what happened? Like, you know what you're doing. Like, you know how to tell a story. Like, I I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not convinced. Um, Listen, I think, I think the studio, I mean, as we know about DC movies, that the studio interferes a lot, right? The studio messes with the DC movies all the time. Yeah, I just, I honestly, I think they need to like, just like stop them all and restart the whole thing. Like as if nothing had ever happened with not yeah. Snyder. Right, yeah, y'all need to call John Favreau and ask him who he'd hired to do it. Cause right? he's, I mean, he's killing it. Yeah, um, uh, you know you know what though, back to the, <laughs> the surge on the surge, the people arguing like, why is everyone hating on Wonder Woman so much? And, and I think, you know, we were talking about this the other day and I thought you brought up a really excellent point is that because she's so iconic, because of what she represents to so many people, there is like Aquaman can be bad and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman can't be bad. She's Wonder Woman and people have been Wonder waiting on a Wonder Woman movie forever. Like at this point, the best Wonder Woman is still the TV show from the 70s now on HBO Max. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, re- I mean, it's just, it's really disappointing too because we know that, we know that superhero movies can work, right? We know that superhero movies can be good. Mm-hmm. They can be funny. They can be well plotted. They can be interconnected. They can have a whole universe. And they we can know that it can be done. Marvel has done it. Yeah. 
Steve and I got done watching uh, Wonder Woman. He was yelling at the TV for the majority of the movie, by the way. Like he was real angry about it. And so like we had to calm down after we finished watching it. And so we put on Thor Ragnarok, which we have seen probably 10 times. Oh, it's so good. And it's completely enjoyable. I still laugh the whole way through it. It is funny. It is interesting. It is, it is emotional. It matters. It's based in character. All of this is possible. I honestly think Ragnarok is probably the best of all the Marvel movies, like as a solid standalone. I, I can, I can see that. I mean, it, I do think it stands alone. It stands alone very well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's also interesting though, some of my friends I think like want to still applaud the potential some of these movies never make. And I don't, that's where like, like I don't understand, like cause some of my friends did like the movie. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, like what did you like? Like, well, it was really fun. I was like, okay, that's fine. But like, it's still a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, there, I understand that not everybody has the same standards for movies that I do, right? Like I understand that not everybody's looking for the same thing from a movie that I'm going to be looking for. And there absolutely are movies that I watch that people are like, I don't understand how you watch that, right? Like, I don't understand how you enjoyed Princess Switch 2. Like that's trash. And and yes, it is, but it's (laughs) supposed to be trash. Yes. Wonder Woman is a $200 million movie with graphics from the 1980s, a shitty lead actress, plot holes galore, Mm -hmm. and no fucking point. Like, this was supposed to be a good movie, and it wasn't. To to your point from earlier, comic books are all about the rules of the world. That's how you Mm -hmm. give the characters obstacles. And you Mm -hmm. just get a comic book movie with no rules. No rules. No rules at all. And it doesn't matter. And you can make the rules whatever you want them to be. That's the thing about comic book movies, right? You abide by the rules. Yeah, but you have to abide by the rules that you've established. Mm -hmm. And you have to, like, we have to understand, like, why are you showing me her as a kid? Like, We've done that already. That's not interesting. I want to know what the fuck has she been doing for the last 70 years other than getting single shamed at Valentine's Day at restaurants. (laughs) Oh my God. I want to see that Wonder Woman movie right now. I'm like, she's fucking Wonder Woman. Don't single shame her. Right. Also, Wonder Woman would just be a lesbian. So there, there. I think there is a whole bunch of people upset about that weird lunch that Kristen Wiig and Gail Godot had where like it felt a little lesbianic. Um, they're like, where's that lesbian love story? I mean, they definitely had more chemistry than she did with Chris Pine. That's true, she did. But also, like, really, you loved him so much that you have not dated anyone? For 70 years? Yeah, like... You loved him so much after hanging out with him for, like, two fucking weeks in the first movie that you haven't seen anybody else for 70 years? Well... If you enjoyed this rant <laughs> and and our aspirations for 2021, we hope you'll come back and listen to more Whelmed episodes. Megan, where can they find us? We are on Instagram and Facebook at Whelmed Podcast. You know what I realized? We're not at Whelmed on Facebook. We are at Whelmed with Megan and Chad on Facebook. <laughs> I just learned this. Welcome to 2021. 
<laughs> so you can find us on Instagram at Whelmed Podcast and Facebook at Whelmed with Megan and Chad. <laughs> We're on Apple and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts, which you know because you're listening to it right now. We sure would appreciate if you would rate and review us on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now because it helps people to find us and we sure would love to get some new fans in this new year and trick that pesky algorithm absolutely i love you honey what would i do without you you never have to worry about that bye